Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. There's still sand here, y'all. Desert. You can hot. hear it in the background. <laughs> yes. The, the heat in the game matches the heat outside as it's uh, in the hundreds in Texas. At least it's dry Yay. heat in the desert. I don't True. think it matters. Dry heat, wet heat, I don't care. Heat sucks. Desert bad. <laughs> there is very little humidity in the parched dunes. <laughs> I guess it's in the name. It's quite parched. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine around the oasis, there's probably a little humid. Whatever. I've played tennis in 110 degree weather in some dry heat, and it still sucked. Yep. Well, I'm not saying I love it. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to do vigorous exercise outside. No, I just I feel bad it. for Sudi. He's covered in fur. Oh, let's, and he's let's black. be real. <laughs> he's absorbing all that heat. Yeah, Sudi is in the worst position, and uh, I'm assuming he gets Ender, Ender Elements cast on him regularly because um, so hot. He's basically wearing a fur coat, y'all. He only sweats through his nose. He has to walk around with his mouth open all the time. He does the cute little <laughs> huff face. He just glances over at, at Hollis like, please help my poor little kitty body. He can't really stealth all that too well because if he takes off like his little slippers and everything, then he leaves little cat paw prints. <laughs> his poor toe beans on the hot sand. <laughs> well, cats can't also sweat that. through their, uh, they sweat through the pads on their feet. And so if they're really hot, they'll leave little sweat paw prints everywhere they go. It's kind of cute. Sudi's <laughs> a trail. <laughs> that is a druid fact. Actually, he's really just collecting sand on his toes that are now moist. <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm making clay, y'all. Moist. Uh, that would be uh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> yep. When last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat had teleported from the desert oasis, the, the salt flats, into the workshop of famed architect and all-around great person, just a sec. While there, they had uncovered a little bit about the history. I think you guys have found some neat writings that were left behind. You dug around and found some clockwork things. Some uh, schematics. Yeah, whole schematics, and you had a whole uh, Hakatep flashback as the mask took you back in time. Back in time, but the furthest forward in the story of Hakatep that you've seen thus far. Yeah, like he's already ascended at this point. Yeah, but we're not really sure, like, it's funny because we're only getting these glimpses, and so, like, what happened? Because, like, he rode in on this crazy creature. What the heck is that? Where did you get it? And he's got a big old nasty scar as well. Yeah, so, like, what happened? Did he have, like, he did say he was preparing for a war. Maybe there was already a war. That's possible. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy because it's just like we're seeing this bit. However, I would like to live in the robot utopia that Chisasek created. That sounded awesome. <laughs> sure. And Narmer is is Chisasek. I'm calling it now, by the way. I love that head so cannon. funny. <laughs> but yeah, and Chisasek even mentioned that uh, he'd heard great things about Hakatep's reign. Well, not really his reign because apparently he disappeared into the desert for a super long time and other people were ruling it instead. Yeah. That's why Citra thought for a long time that Onuris uh, was Hakatep. Because of the similarity, there might be there might be an interesting parallel there between them. Hmm. Except for one of them apparently went crazy and got their soul split up. <laughs> Which one? Well, he didn't do that on purpose. I was going to say Hakatep didn't true. do that. It was actually done post mortem. That was actually your relative, Citra. <laughs> yeah, Citra. <laughs> <laughs> We're still trying to figure out why. Well, I guess we kind of know why. <laughs> also, I'll point out that Onuris had some weird soul things going on too. So who knows? Well, he was like a weird reincarnated boy. It's yeah. <laughs> It runs in the family. 
It's a Pharaoh thing. It's a Pharaoh thing. You'd viewed this this vision of the past. You determined that you actually weren't all that too far away. Only about, I think it said six, seven hundred yards. So and then we maybe all plummeted to our almost deaths. <laughs> yeah, Hollis decided we needed to, to learn what skydiving was like. Woohoo! Yeah. Sudi's not a fan. Masika also not a fan. Oh, come on, it was fun. I think Citra it's one of those it's fun enjoyed after it. the fact, but it's terrifying while it's happening. Yeah, yeah, you're that floating seems fairly accurate. slowly, honestly. It's one of those things, though, that like with skydiving, you can suddenly see the ground rushing up towards you. That's not a good. That's not a good feeling. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, you guys would have actually hit terminal velocity if the featherfall had not been cast. I don't know how many of you can survive twenty d six. Probably not. No. no. <laughs> not, 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 not any of us. Narmer None, would have survived because he can fly. Well, sure. <laughs> Hollis has Goodbye, faith in magic. Everyone. I'll tell your story. And how we, we died like a bunch of chumps falling to our deaths because our wizard decided that that was the best idea. It was just I'll teleport go get us into the, the sky. Team, and then he flies away. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have teleported us if I hadn't had very, very much, so much faith that magic would save us, which it did. <laughs> Thankfully, she is magic a is 100% reliable all the time. It is. I will also point out, Sugar would have survived. Yeah. Yeah, Sugar oh, can yeah. fly. Clumsily. <laughs> hey, that's better than the rest uh-huh. of us. <laughs> she is a bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then after that, you had returned back to the camp. You had met back up with uh, Unhocked, Citred, said a fond farewell to Falto. The party had collected honor and victory and I think Oasis and... Sandy and Oasis. Sandy and Oasis, your dromedary companions. And, and Hollis you had, in the back of a wagon. Yeah. You had hooked up the wagon and you had set off once more into the Parch Dunes. And I suppose that's where we'll pick things back up with our heroes. I imagine there's like some like... Not pirate songs because we're not on a boat, but I figure there's like some desert shanties some going songs. on right now. Well, Hollis is not because you know. she has to study. She's probably tapping her foot at least. What do you do with a drunken mommy? What do you do with a drunken mommy? <laughs> <laughs> Early in the morning. Anyway. She will cast Injure Elements Communal if Sudi gives her a sad panting look. Sudi gives the saddest pantingest look, but maybe is slightly too proud to ask for it. That's why she just casts it on everyone. That's because Hollis is a good person and a better friend. Abjurer, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I thought Hollis was a neutral person. Neutral good. Oh, okay. We're both right. Mm -hmm. The best kind of right? She doesn't care about law or whatever, but she tends to think that good things are good. So I guess helping people is good. Good things is good makes no sense. Yeah. (laughs) That's a tautology. It's like, how do you define good? (laughs) Mm, That's a big question. Exactly. So you all make your way. I have uh, a question. I have a question about a spell. I probably have an answer. I have the spell called Nature's Path, which makes overland speed faster. So the target treats any any trackless terrain as though it was a trail or a road, and I can use it up to on up to one creature per caster level. So if I cast it on the camels, are we moving faster? Even though we have the wagon, because it says creature. Yeah, I th- I think it'd affect the creatures, but I don't think it'd affect the wagon. So if you wanted to leave the wagon behind, that would be an option. Yeah, can we ditch the wagon? No. Do we want to ditch the wagon? It's got our stuff in it. Do we have enough things? I mean, I can summon a phantom steed. I wasn't in there when... I wasn't in the games when you all packed up the wagon. I have no idea what's in it. One of Masika's camels is her pack camel that has all of her crap on it, and one is the one that she rides. 
because that's how well, keep her mind, tribe yeah, the does party, it. The party only has four camels. Yeah, that was the whole reason behind taking the wagon. But so I might, you'd hold need on. two more camels and, to keep your pet camel and also have two more camels to do that. I can create a large quasi-horse-like creature or cross, quasi-real horse-like creature that could probably support two people. Okay. okay. So that would... that helps. Yeah, so, because okay, we have so we're leaving, six the, with We're leaving unhocked. the wagon in, with Falto? Is that yes, the with plan? Falto. Not just okay. in the middle of the desert. Are we <laughs> taking Unhocked with us? Yes. Because yeah. then he needs a camel. Well, he can that's, ride with no, me. No, that's what I mean. Is like he if, if two people can ride her little phantom thing, then we have four. Oh, but one of them's a pack. Does Falto not have an extra camel we can take? He offered extra camels to the yes. party. So we'll just take two extra camels from Falto, and I'll cast the spell, and that saves Hollis having to waste one of her spells to summon a phantom thing. I actually want to use my phantom spell because this phantom's rad. <laughs> okay. Is it a special phantom? It's third level. It, ha- it, it moves really fast, and it's cool. Well, we know so. who's doing our scouting. The wizard. Well, if we needed uh, it to no. go really fast at some point, we have a fast thing. Okay. We're all on camels. We borrow a camel from Falto. Hollis is casting this spell. I cast the spell that lets us all move as if we're on a road, even though we're not. <laughs> okay. So what are you doing about your food situation? Because you were storing all that. So how much food are you taking with you? I can carry 90 pounds outside of myself on my steed. Uh, I have 35 days worth of trail rations. I only eat uh, one-fourth as much. So that would last me forever. Masika has 30 trail rations in her haversack. Okay, cool. So we're probably fine. The water is the biggest issue. I have create water. I knew there was a reason we brought you along, Masika. Oh, Oh, sorry. We're ninth level. My mount can ride over sandy, muddy, or even swampy ground without difficulty or decrease in speed. At 10th level, it can water walk. Ooh. At 12th level, level, it can air walk. And at 14th level, it can fly. Something to look forward to. You know what also could have done all that stuff? A phantom chariot. Anyway. Yeah, well, I sold that skull, <laughs> and I still don't like myself for it. Yeah, you should have kept it. I didn't realize. I don't know. It would have been very handy. Either way, we're taking camels and using fancy we're skulls off. to make I summon a really cool-looking strange beast that's native to, like, necks or whatever and that's what I ride around on so in essence you're leaving your uh, your wagon here you go to Falto you say Falto can have another camel and Falto's like yeah sure here's a camel hooks the party up the camel's name is beige really oh. come on that's the most beige answer ever <laughs> Falto didn't name the camel he's a very nondescript camel no that's a terrible name he needs a better name well you can name him something Delilah. else because he doesn't have the trick to come to his own name well that's convenient <laughs> They've at least like named him something cute like vanilla. Cream. Eggshell. Are we just naming paint colors now? <laughs> yes. Yes. Alright, so we set off with camels and Masika casts this cool spell that makes it makes all the other non-magical mounts act like they're traveling on a road. On the road Sweet. again. You set off then and I suppose use your crazy shamanistic magic. Yay! Hollis approves. So magical solution is found. The party sets off from the camp. You make your way north across the sandy flats here, the Badlands. It's still early morning by the time that you've left, since you honestly didn't spend more than maybe an hour or so exploring Chistisek's workshop before setting off once again. Mm -hmm. By this point, the sun has already risen. It is uncomfortably warm. The air shimmers, and before you've made your way more than a couple of miles, the salt flats, the ruins there, 
the caravan has disappeared into the distance and instead you find yourself setting off into an endless stretch of sandy dunes. Off towards your west as you make your way north, you can still see Falchion's Ridge. And honestly, it becomes somewhat of a somewhat of a touchstone as you make your way, as you can continue to see it even as you continue north, eventually turning north and west. Anhawk seems to have a fairly strong idea of where he's going. And periodically, he'll dismount his camel, stand in the sands for a bit, simply seem to glance around, reach up a hand, pulling his holy symbol out. He seems to put it back away under his armor just on reflex, despite the fact that he thinks obviously none of you have any issue with the old gods but you're going to guess that it's old training. From time to time, he'll reach down, simply touch the sand, almost in a communing sort of way before remounting the camel and sometimes making an adjustment of one or two degrees as you continue to make your way further and further. Without the wagon slowing you, you make good time. The smaller sand dunes here in the south steadily give way to larger ones. Further to the south, closer to the oasis, you crest dunes as you make your way along, just small up and down like the rolling motion of oceans. But by the time that you pass the midpoint of the day, where I imagine all of you dismount, get some comfort or cover from what you can, just in your cloaks, just kind of waiting out the hottest part of the day, keeping the camels well watered and probably fed. You set off again and by the time the sun is beginning to make its way further down towards the horizon, you've almost turned entirely west. For those of you more experienced in geography or survival, you think you probably cover the better part of maybe maybe close to 30 miles today. And one day covering more than you probably would have in two days with the wagon with you as you make your way further and further along. Eventually, as the sun begins to set on hot looks about, finds a, a lower portion. At Towards the end of the day, you've been cresting up and just walking along the crest, the ridge at the top of the sand dunes. And now as the sun begins to set, it turns everything from this beautiful golden shade to this burnished orange. Eventually you find an area to set up camp, hoping of course that the sands don't shift enough to bury part of your tents or anything like that during the night. But by this point, night has come on in full. The moon hangs heavy in the sky and paints the desert in shades of blues and purples and silver. Anhawk dismounts, looks back to all of you. We have made good time. You're welcome. Masika slides off Sandy. It will probably take us another two days or so to get back to where my companions and I were, my brothers, when we passed through originally. After that, it should only be a few hours further north to reach where that sphinx took us before. Mm. That's probably a good thing that we made such good time then. We should probably reach it day after tomorrow. There's a reason my people don't use wagons or anything like that much faster. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to set up a a tiny hut if y'all want to be inside. Hala starts casting her tiny hut spell. She doesn't have a tent or anything, so she makes her own tent out of magic. And it's big enough for all of us. I forget, is that big enough for all of us? I think so. Yeah, we, we remember we stayed in it uh, mm-hmm. before. I thought we did, yeah. When the giants came to visit. Yes. <laughs> when the giants came. I mean, Masika's going to tend to her camels. Very well. Hollis's mm-hmm. mount disappears after nine hours, so I imagine it's gone at this point. You have enough time to kind of dismount and get all of your stuff off. Probably one bag still left on there before there's a soft pop sound and the bag just falls into the sand. Ah, good timing. I kind of imagine it looking like the... the 
uh, Phantom Ganon from Ocarina of Time. I imagine the black horse that you get for like it's in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. It's one of the like special horses you oh, yeah. get. Mm-hmm. It's like black and it has like a lot of barding on it. Slept it, was, it came with some expansion. I don't remember. No. I has not played this. You settle in. The night air begins to drop in temperature precipitously, setting up a small campfire, making yourselves comfortable, setting up a watch. Unhawk seems to know his way around the desert with an ease probably bred from decades exploring its expanse. I don't know if he actually has the highest survival in the group, but he might. Probably mine's not, because he's not as high of a level as all the rest of you. Uh, mine's 14. a five. I mean, Masika has a 19, so... Yeah, Masika's is higher. He still does pretty well. She lives out here. Needs She needs to know her way around. You eat a, uh, a delicious dinner of flatbread and dried fruit. Make yourselves comfortable. Unhawk sits somewhat separately from the fire. Close enough that he's in the firelight. So imagine if all of you are about three feet around the fire. He's about five feet back. He stares long into the fire through most of the night. Answers questions if directed towards him, but doesn't really engage. Narmer does his usual banter. Hollis reads her book thing that she's trying to decode. I feel like Citra's probably going to try to talk to him. Sudi will choose to use the evening to meditate on the nature of good and evil and how somebody with the best intentions can do awful things a la just a sec. You don't know if he did anything awful. Do you see any flying pyramids around? That doesn't prove your point. <laughs> That's why he's <laughs> contemplating it. <laughs> I'll contemplate this while I'm wearing the mask. I'll put the mask on and contemplate it. Yeah. Tell, what do you think? <laughs> no, I'm not asking that guy, but what do you think? that's not a good idea. You've never tried asking the mask questions. Nope. Uh, what about that. That's how you become Tom Riddle. No, that's how you become Voldemort. I, I mean, Masika's probably doing her normal shenanigans with Narmer. Shenanigans. Uh-huh. They have a Very comedy well. routine to practice. So pratfalls are going on in the background. Sudi also sits there, legs folded under him, arms folded under him also, in total loaf mode. Avatar style. (laughs) Staring off into the distance, like an unmoving stone monolith that he's slowly becoming. Mm -hmm. Citra, Unhawk, he doesn't start so much as seems to glance quickly over towards you, as if not even noticing your approach. He gives you a smile, kind of rubs that. He's got a little bit of stubble starting in right now because I imagine dwarf facial hair grows very quickly so absentmindedly with his knife scraping away at his stubble <laughs> you uh, look a bit uh, contemplative yes I suppose I am I know all of this probably isn't easy for you we do appreciate the help but uh, is there anything we can do to help you no no I, my first goal is to help you to repay you for what you've done after that I suppose find what is left of my people. See if there are any of my <laughs> my descendants, I suppose. I had two children. Mm. What were their names? Avod and Angra. Avod was young and energetic. Angra, though, his older sister. She was level-headed. Not like me, like my wife. <laughs> I'd like to know what happened to them. Well, there's probably a good chance that some history was kept. Mm, so much has changed in this world. Mm. Hollis was telling me, even, <laughs> even her. He just kind of gestures towards Hollis. I heard stories of elves, but I'd never seen one. 
Well, I think she's the exception, to be honest. Miss... Is she? Well, she's the only elf I've ever seen. He shrugs. Hollis looks up and looks at you, looking at her. What? (laughs) You're an elf. You stand out. Oh, okay. Well, Uh, even in his time, elves weren't plentiful. We're just making a comparison. I've never seen an elf like you. Uh, Oh, well, that's not unusual on account of... I think all the elves were... Not on Galarian at that point. There were some Mwangi elves up in that in the Mwangi expanse. There's a, there's a tribe of elves there. They stay during Earthfall. But the rest yes. of them, they went away. Went away. What is that supposed to mean? Well, essentially, the elves found out that there was going to be that Earthfall thing and people were going to, you know, be wiped out and what have you. So they, they went to a place, a magical place called Castroville. They didn't take And then they came back after them? it was over. Well, I mean, it can't be a fairy tale land if all the elves went there and came back. You have to know it's real. Well, I mean, fairies are real, but they're not really from here. You know what I mean? Yes, fairies are very dangerous. Wait, so are you saying that the elves left without helping anybody else and then just came back when the damage was done? I mean, yeah, elves are kind of jerks sometimes. I mean, honestly, if I had a way to save my entire tribe, uh, yeah, I would have done that too. Yeah. I mean, they could have probably taken everybody with them, but elves are weird. And you guys, like, well, not not you, um, Ankot, so much, but humans are so short-lived and elves are, they sometimes get this hoity-toity attitude where they're like, well, they're barely alive long enough for it to matter. And I always thought that was messed up, but... uh, you know, sometimes people are mean. Earthfall is what the foreigners call the time of Set, yes? Oh, yeah, it would have been dark. The the darkness after Set killed Osiris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Figure uh, Citra does like a quick little prayer to Osiris. <laughs> Reach up, grab your holy symbol. Yeah. Hey, Osiris. Sorry you died. But yeah, elves. Elves did this. It would be weird to see an elf, I guess. I don't know. I usually hang out with dwarves. I spent a lot of my university time in, in a dwarven workshop, really. So Are elves and dwarves friends now? Uh, I don't know about all of them. Hmm. But you are friends with the dwarves. Mm-hmm. My people. Not your specific group of dwarves. More the, the more northern dwarves that are... But I imagine that workmanship and such is still, is still just as great. My father and I used to visit the Palmet dwarves all the time. Hmm. And they're still doing well. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're, they're pretty they, they're not that open to visitors until you gain their trust but yeah I mean I they they would let me in they know me I don't I don't know about the rest of you but they'd probably let you in seeing as how you're a dwarf well he's from their tribe I imagine Uncaught nods scratching his stubble it'll be something to consider I mean, once all of this is uh, dealt with, I can uh, I can take you up to where they're staying now. I don't know if it's the same place it was a couple thousand years ago. No, before, most of my people were known to be around the Koran Pass. Oh, yeah, that's still where they are. So, yeah, I, gu- I guess you would know how to get there. Yes, my people don't. We don't abandon our lands in this forest, do. <sighs> yes, when this is done, yeah. No use dwelling on it. Well, I mean, kind of hard not to, considering everything that's happened, so I wouldn't be so hard on yourself. I know, but the sun only moves in one direction, and so must we. We can only go forward. Yeah, but sometimes looking looking back isn't the bad thing, though. No, 
But one shouldn't be so preoccupied with the past that it blinds one to the present. I've been given another chance. Like Osiris himself, risen, returned. I should not pass this opportunity up. So, take life by the reins and go whatever direction you choose. Yes. Yes. First, we will make sure that you and your people are safe. Masika, you know things. What? Some things. About, like, uh, mechanical stuff? Yeah. Oh, I'm mechanical. I know all sorts of stuff. She pulls out the gun that she's been wearing on her hip this entire time and goes over to Masika and, like, sits in a really weird, almost, like, spidery kind of a way and then holds it out with two hands and says, do you know how to fix this? Because I'm a little scared to go back to the mana waste after all this until this gun is fixed because I think Ravat might kill me. Can I make a knowledge engineering check to even know what the crap this is? Uh, sure, if you want. Uh, I roll a 10 for a 31. With a 31, this is an item commonly referred to as a firearm. Um, yeah, that's that's a gun. I, I haven't been trained on how to how to fix firearms. Sorry. Nobody knows how to fix these things. I don't know why he even gave it to me. He knew I would break it as soon as I pulled the trigger one time. So what does it do? They uh they they use a powder and they force a piece of metal out at like super high speeds. It's kind of like a crossbow but like super powered. Huh. Mhm. It's pretty cool. How did you break it? I don't know. Uh, from what I understand they're fairly fragile, but you have to be trained on how to fix them and use them and that's not anything I've ever found in my studies. Unhawk kind of leans over it. If you don't stop him, gently traces a finger probably along the uh, the sure. dwarven runes etched along the hilt and grip. And this is beautiful craftsmanship. Yeah, it was a gift. The dwarves made this. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time in Alkenstar. I don't Alkenstar. know if the Man Waste would have been around when you were back around. Did Nex and uh, Geb have that whole war thing happening while y'all were here? Nex and Geb been thousands of years, though, since the height of their conflict. Okay, well, what happens? Like, spoiler alert on this. Next, like, disappears. Geb's still around. Uh, but in between them, there's this big area where they kind of messed up magic, and there's, like, primal magic searches. And I spent a lot of time studying it. I wrote my thesis on it. It's real long. I didn't bring it with me. But I was studying <laughs> under a dwarf called Bramder Warhand, and he had a son who I hung out with a lot who was this guy. He used these things, these guns. And he tried to, he tried to teach me for, like, years when I was studying with them. And it never quite took. And then when I left, he gave me the gun so I could practice. But then I practiced one time and I broke it. And so now I'm a little scared to go back because he's going to be real mad. Well, if he made I, it, can he fix it? Probably. But like, you can't just break gifts that people give you and then come back and be like, whoops, I broke it. Like, that doesn't show that you care about him, I don't think. Well, you didn't do it intentionally. Well, no, but I don't know. I just figured there's got to be somebody else that could fix it and then I could bring it back. No harm, no foul. Don't have to tell anybody about it. If he's your friend, he wouldn't get mad at you about that. I mean, it has been something like 50 years. Well, maybe not 50. I don't know. I lost track. A couple decades anyway. He was from, uh, from Dongan's Hold, the Sky Citadel to the south. Yes? Uh, yeah. That sounds right. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Even in my time, they were renowned for their skills in crafting metallurgy, alchemy. Mm. They're real good at it. They're still around. Also, as a side note, I think you said the guy's last name was Warhand, which is a 
Russian dwarven name. Yeah. That is really cool. I'm just imagining now that he actually lost his arm and put a gun on the end of it instead. I have no idea. He's well, Mega Man. Um, he's Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. See, that's what the I was saying. father thinking. was like a magician type. He was like a wizard. But his son, Ravat Warhand, maybe he has like a... Da, 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 da. It's a cool name. I like it. I know. It's a really cool name. I just made it Good up. Name. I don't know. <laughs> oh. People can play Warhands all they want now. Spread them far and wide. Maybe someday I'll have the opportunity to travel further south then. Hey, you can come with me. Yeah, that, I have nowhere else in this world, so that could be an Well, interesting you might excursion. still have family. I want to check on that first, of course. Once we find these cultists, once we deal with this person who killed your friend, it sounds like, then, then I can travel further south. But, well, thank you. He nods to all of you. Except for Sudi, who's still contemplating his navel for for your encouraging words. I just picture Narmer like stacking stones around Sudi and doing all sorts of weird things around <laughs> Sudi while Sudi's meditating. And <laughs> Sudi is aware of him, but decides to ignore him. I brought you more friends, Sudi. I need them here. <laughs> Sudi's tail flicks just enough to knock them over. <laughs> oh no. That's okay, Shudi. I know you have no control over your tail. <laughs> That's what he thinks. <laughs> I don't take offense to you knocking over my, my shine of friendship. <laughs> Narmer loves Sudi so up. much. <laughs> Everybody likes cat folk, man. I suppose all of you rest up for the day. Yes. Wake up the next morning. The sun is shining. Uh, honestly, you probably wake up before dawn to eat something and set off before the uh, the heat of the day really starts to settle in. Yep. Hollis reads for 15 minutes to prepare for her spells and then summons her steed. Magical horse okay. appears out of thin air, being a blue light and smoke and Masika cool. has to play with an armor for a half hour to get her spells back, I believe. Yep. <laughs> Sudi didn't have to do anything so he makes breakfast. I don't actually know what Sudi's job is at the camp. Watching? Yeah, keeping watch, yes. I'm the professional watchkeeper. Except for two hours. So you all set off, making your way off into the desert. You make your way mostly west. Still a little bit north. Still skirting around the highest dunes, which are a little further to the south. Further off towards the north. Again, as, as you look to the south, it's just nothing but desert. As you look to the north, there's nothing but desert. Behind you, you can see desert, and in the very furthest distance, this haze mirage of red mountains, um, of which those of you experienced in geography would know are the pillars of the sun. You know what I miss? Trees. Yeah, I don't have a lot of those out here. Hmm. We have some palms further to the south, yes. Mm-hmm. Unless those have all died. No, they're still palms. Okay. I'm, I'm taking nothing for granted. All the palm trees died. I'm just thinking about the <laughs> havoc evil characters could wreak upon this poor dwarf. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Let me tell you all of these false things and then send you out in the world. <laughs> Actually, one crazy druid awoken all of the date palms and then they went on a rampage, so we were forced to kill all palm trees. If you see a palm tree, attack it on sight. It's true. <laughs> this isn't the silence. <laughs> yep. All of you continue to make your way. Eventually, the desert here gives way to these wide, rocky flats, this blasted, cracked earth, where the ground has, it seems to be almost more clay than sand. 
as you traverse across it. There's still areas of thicker sand and you make, you make your way as quickly as you can navigating through these, through the occasional valleys and ridges. It's as disconcerting as it probably is for most of you to go down into these clefts in the rock to navigate your way between these ridges. It's much faster going than it would be to try to find a way to either go around or to cross the ridges themselves. Passing through the valleys, although it does put you at a lower elevation, and therefore gives someone else the high ground, which we all know is terrible, mm. is the much faster route to make your way. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Uh-oh. Hey, I rolled a 17 for a 17. Uh, so I roll a 14 for a 31. I roll a 14 for a 21 for Masika and a and a 4 for a 10 for an armor. I rolled a 19 for a 32. Nice. Okay. So with the exception of Hollis, who's kind of just staring off into the distance, contemplating her, her history, trying to read on Camelback, which is very difficult. Yeah. Especially since she's steering her own mindless camel. I'm a little Fan- sick, actually. I feel Phantom a little camel. like car sick. Yeah. Well, camel I'm sick. going too fast too furious <laughs> she made a point to summon like a two humped camel so that she could prop the book up in front of her <laughs> well, this like a horse, but I, I made the horn of the saddle real tall oh uh, there you go yeah and narmer who's talking yep being narmer i mean yeah, who the heck knows uh, narmer fills any silence with witticisms <laughs> he's been contemplating a single rock for an hour just carrying it with him holding it up to masika i think sudi will really like this one I think so too, Narmer. <laughs> Where okay, did you find it? I found I found it in your shoe this morning. Oh. That must have really hurt. Thank you for checking my shoes. I found a scorpion in Citrish. I let did the little guy free before she she found out. Oh jeez. That is also a good thing. Yep. I, I have damage reduction. So I'm immune to scorpion stings. <laughs> oh so I have no blood. Masika anyway. pats Narmer on the head. I can't be poisoned. The rest of you note, probably pulling up somewhat. I imagine Sudi probably just kind of like snapping his fingers towards Hollis to get her attention before pointing ahead. What? Oh. In the distance ahead of you, you can see that the valley continues. However, the sand here is somewhat of a discolored shade. Not red, not bloody. Nothing so simple as that. Almost lighter. And as you look a little closer, you can see numerous bones. Mm. collected, worn down, powdered at point to the point where they just softly blow or have collected between the cracks like salt encrusting the earth here, but in bone fragments and dust. What immediately caught your eyes was this glinting of light, the sun glinting off of what seems to be some sort of metal. It looks to be maybe a pole, no higher than maybe a foot and a half sticking out of the hard earth topped with what looks to be a curious design, although from this distance you're some hundred feet away. You can't quite make out what it is. Why do I feel like the genie found us? <laughs> Have Nama go look. He can Have fly. Sugar go look. She can fly. She doesn't have his immunity. She is very soft and precious. <laughs> Tell the woman I only fly when necessity dictates. <laughs> she only flies when necessity dictates. I'm extraordinarily graceful on the land, but in the air, hmm. I'll keep that a secret, honey. Narmer is also precious. 
But he Look is at him. Look how cute he is. Masika picks a holds up Nara. Oh you sent him out this bait the first day we met you. It's true. Nama is strong, I, right, Nama? I can't wait anymore. Shooty, I found a rock. He sticks it out towards you. <laughs> so I was going to surprise you with it, but I'm horrible at surprises. Thank you, Nama. And I guess if nobody else wants to go, I'll just go. But you can't fly. What if you sink in? What if there's a trap? What if this is all a magical illusion? You fall through and you die. I can fly up there. I can fly like like higher up and just circle overhead. All right, Nama, be careful. Okay. I could mage hand, but it's a little far. But if a giant worm leaps out of the ground and bites me out of the air, we'll kill it. Come shave me. We will save you. We okay. will. Yeah. Shave, not shave. Yes. Well, we'll do both just in case. Okay. <laughs> he then takes to the wing. Armor wing. And then streaks off in the direction of this. Yeah, I guess I've armor make me a perception roll. Yeah, he's also super stealthy, too, so. Yeah, he's, he's a good little scout boy. Yeah. Uh, Narva rolls an 18 for a, uh, what is his perception? I keep losing. For a 24 on his perception. Okay. Uh, and he can also make me a knowledge local or knowledge religion. Hmm. Hollis will detect magic. Uh, you're more than 60 feet away. I just mean in general. Okay. Detecting magic, you sense no magic within 60 feet of you. He, uh, he rolls a 12 for a 13 on knowledge religion. He then, he makes his way forward, flies once, twice, thrice, sells his way back over towards all of you. It doesn't take him that long. I think he has a freakishly high fly speed. It's like 50 or something, right? Yeah, it's 50 feet. So it's basically a double move for him to get out there, and then he circles around a couple times, and then he double moves back. I mean, it's perfect fly, so he is away and back. He flutters down on hot, still kind of eyeing him curiously this entire time, but watching that bridge, probably pulling his bow off of his back and knocking an arrow onto it. Uh, so, there's a bunch of bones. Uh, uh-huh. It looks like some of them are camels. Oh, no. Some of them are people. Oh. Some of them might be something else. Okay. Oh, and there's a stick. There's a stick? Yep. Well, What's it's not the- a stick. It's a, it's a metal it's a metal pole. Uh-huh. It should be maybe made of gold. Okay. And it has uh, two snake heads coming off the top. Uh-huh. It's Jafar's. I, I saw. I saw. I saw. I didn't see any creatures or anything. Two snake heads coming off the top of a gold. I mean, there's a lot of snakes around here. That means so. any of those of you wish may make me a knowledge local or knowledge religion. Religion, it is. Fourteen for a twenty-nine. I roll a fourteen for a nineteen. Religion. Uh, Masika rolls an eleven for a twenty-two on religion. I roll a seventeen for a. 31 uh, local. Nice. Okay. So, Masika, you know some of the religious aspects of this. Uh, Citra, you honestly probably know the most pertaining towards this just because it is a localized religion. That is the form of the Uraeus, the legendary two-headed winged cobra that is the symbol of the ancient Osirian deity Wajet, patron goddess of Osirian, good serpents, the river sphinx, and wisdom. It sounds like something for Wajet. But that's weird. Why would it be way out here? Well, maybe whoever had it died. Or it's a trap. Or it's a trap, although... It is gold and shiny. But what would a trap be doing out here? We're 100 feet away. Can I walk within 60 feet of it and then detect magic? Uh, yeah, if you wish. I'll leave be my mount, careful. I guess. careful. Are you going up alone? Leaving everyone else 40 feet behind you? I'll go with her. That's fine. I can teleport and stuff, but that's fine. Detecting magic. Or even just maintaining the concentration on the magic spell that you'd already cast. Mm. 
You make your way forward. It is radiating magic. Ooh. What a perfect you trap. You got that bait. look on your face. What is it? After another round, you can tell that it's radiating some uh, what appears to be moderate necromancy. Okay. Hmm. I get a 31 on my spellcraft. Nice. Spellcraft all the things. With a 31, this is a somewhat rare magical item referred to as a Rod of the Uraeus. A Rod of the Uraeus can be wielded as a plus one light mace. When holding the rod, the wielder gains a plus two resistance bonus on reflex saves. Only reflex saves and a plus five confidence bonus on sense motive checks. Cool. The wielder can fire a 30-foot line of stinging venom from the rod twice per day, once for each head. A creature in the area effect can avoid the poison with a successful uh, DC 13 reflex save. On a failed save, the creature is blinded and paralyzed for eight rounds. Wow. Each round on its turn, the creature may attempt a DC 13 fortitude save to end the blindness and paralysis effect. Masika would very much like this, please. A rod of the Uraeus functions only if its possessor is lawful. Oh, Oh. no. (laughs) Well, so much for that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say Sudi. I'm pretty sure you're the only lawful one. Sudi's like, great, a ranged weapon that doesn't require an attack roll. Yep, that's just (laughs) what I need. Sudi, I think that item is meant for you, honey. It's a rod of Uraeus. Essentially, you hold it, makes you better at knowing what people are thinking, you know, like sensing, sussing out, you know, their motives and stuff. And you can fire, uh, like, venom out of them heads. Oh, you it, and Larmor like, could be a people. team. Oh, yeah. Except it'll paralyze the people, and uh, you can just, like, beat the crap out of them after the paralyze. Everyone in ba- the party. Basically, it's the, it's the frill dinosaur. It's still a trap. Everyone in the party... I believe Sudi and Hollis went forward, correct? Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Yes. My friend okay. Sudi. Everyone may choose to roll either, whichever one of these you choose to, a perception, a survival, or a knowledge nature check. Knowledge nature it Hollis is. Hollis and Sudi, you simply roll it. Everyone else rolls it with a minus four distance penalty. Okay. <laughs> cool. My Let me get my nat one. My nat one for a 14 nature. Uh, 19 for a 36. Thank wait, you, uh, 30. Oh, wait, is it sight-based? Uh, what are you rolling? Perception? Perception. Then it's sight-based. Okay, 32 then. Masika rolls a 14, which gets her, with the minus four, a 29 on her survival. Does Narmer need to roll this? No. Okay. I rolled a 17 with the minus four, got a 26. 26. For perception. Right. Yeah, you guys start having this conversation. Hollis kind of turns back, like, back towards the rest of the party who's behind her and addresses this. As Hollis does so, Sudi, you notice that some of the discoloration here in the sand is, it's almost in these waves, these small... Snake-like waves. um, Again, almost. And will look to be these... Oh, God, it's a tremor. these, These lines stretching back and forth. As you turn back, as Hollis turns around entirely, the rest of you see a slight movement, and Sudi, you spin to see these long, sinuous arms <gasps> rise up. These tentacles, as they Ow. lift up the back of them, this mottled color of sand that seems to almost ripple like the camouflage of an octopus as the suckers and barbs on the other side, undersize rise up as it's these ten tentacles lift up into the air. And I will need initiative from the party. 
I don't actually know if it's a Sarlacc, but for a second there, I thought it was an Ankeg Hill, and then I was going to be very upset with this. I, I was thinking it was like, to be a I was like, Desert Utyug? What is happening? Uh, yeah. I was hoping for a boule, but yeah. I, uh -oh, I, guess that. I think it's a Sarlacc. I think we're, it's an we don't, octopus we're not friend. in Star Wars. Wow! Oh, perfect 20, baby. I'll take it. Well, that's good, because I didn't Does get Because I need to get out of here. I rolled okay. All right. I can throw you. Don't throw me into the maw of the Sarlacc. <laughs> throw me away from the maw. Oh, but then you don't get your free hit at the end. I'm a little more concerned with just not being eaten. It won't go well for me. Get your dagger out so you can cut your way out. <laughs> exactly right. Look at it this way. If Sudi gets eaten, we probably don't have to fight that genie later. <laughs> so that's what I was little, thinking. I was like, this is probably think. a trap from her. <laughs> that would Too be something. Soon. Is it? Because the fated group was ahead of us. No, they were I just mean, like, they it's were too close to... The faded stuff has no been way. done and wrapped up compared to, compared to the date now. They finished that in, like, three weeks. The party yeah, was still in Tefu. But Rick is going to wait till we as players have forgotten that that's a thing and then spring it on us. Yep. <laughs> then it's never going to happen because I'm always going to be waiting for crazy genie attack. Oh. They'll be I saving it for the final boss fight, the final boss fight the genie shows up to. I did prepare comprehend languages just in case we needed to talk to the crazy genie lady. <laughs> that's a little metagamey. Yeah. There's also all sorts of weird stuff out here. And there's a bee lady, a little bee child. No, that's true. You do need to talk to the bee child. And a sphinx. Yeah. So it's I, not too I, mean, bad. I, speak, I speak Sphinx, so. Well, Hollis, I think Hollis does know that, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yep. We are in trouble. Uh, Did I not tell you this is a trap? <laughs> oh, jeez. Did I not say it? It's a trap. Actually, you didn't say it. Sudi <laughs> didn't say it. No, Sudi said it multiple times, and y'all didn't listen. Mm. I wow. said it would be really good bait for a trap because it's shiny and gold. Oh, you did say that, yeah. Yes, I did. did. Hollis saw magic, and that's all Hollis saw. Of course it is, because it's shiny, <laughs> it's golden, it's magical. It checks off every single box on the looters list of things to, that they would go after. I don't care then about shiny or gold. Why do you suggest gold? we all go instead of just the two of you? Who would have thought the Sarlacc was coming out? This was I don't unexpected. know. We're all paranoid adventurers. We probably all would have been like, man, there's something going on. Dude, Sudi's never seen something like this in his life. He could not even conceptualize the horror he's about to face. I wish I had an overland flight. This would be a great time for overland flight. Because then we wouldn't have, like, Because I the bet ground. it has tremor sense because yeah. we were walking. Yeah. No, it certainly didn't attack armor. Now I'm just yep. thinking of the, the movie Tremor. <laughs> we just need to get overland flight so we can just overland fly everywhere we go. Problem solved. Well, if we ever get to buy things again. No need for camels. We'll just carry it all ourselves. Hollis Starkweather. I roll a 12 for a 19. It's not bad. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls a perfect 20 for a 23. In prime position to leave Hollis behind. Uh, Masika. <laughs> Masika rolls Ow. an 11 for a 13. Citra Nahamra. Citra sadly only rolled a 5 for an 11. <laughs> all right. Unghot rolls an 8 for 12. Wow, he's pretty fast for a dwarf. Favorite terrain. Ah, nice. Ranger, baby. Ranger. Those skills didn't get rusty. I mean, he hasn't... He's been frozen, <laughs> not getting old. He popped out in the same condition he went in. That's the joke. Oh. Like, <laughs> I didn't know it was like a joke. Sabriel. I thought it was just a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, when they woke up, touchstone. That's true. Here's your so. YA literary reference. <laughs> Combat begins. Surprise attack round. Sudi Kantar. Swift action. Get big. All right. Get this looks big. like a get big situation. Um, can I know what the heck these things are? 
So Sudi turns, sees this, touches his cost stone, explodes into uh, a big boy. Double your height up to uh, eleven something feet, I think. Yep. And towering over this thing, you may make me a knowledge arcana. <laughs> oh, you're a funny guy, Rick. I don't have that. <laughs> you are surrounded in a crescent of tentacles. Cool. It just wants to hug you, Sudi. I'm going to punch a tentacle. <laughs> all right. I think they're all connected to the same beast, maybe. I don't know if they are or not, so I'm just going to attack one. No, sir. You ambushed us. Yep. You can lash out your fist at the closest tentacle. I rolled a natural one. <laughs> so I don't do nothing. I imagine a combination of your sudden surprise, your sudden shift in perspective as you enlarge to a larger side and you just spin around. Your fist connects, but just bounces off of this rubbery thing. Uh, I don't think Sudi's ever seen an octopus or a squid or anything nope. like that. So this is yeah, completely sorry, they don't have those him. in the river back home. <laughs> so this is like that's why he's scared is because he's never seen it before, and thus it must be a horrifying monster. Uh, Hollis cannot act in the surprise attack round, which brings nope. us to the creature. Right, right. Oh, no. It's going to grab us. Uh, one of the tentacles snakes its way forward. This thing's big. It's again, you can just see it like it shoots up from the sand and it just rips through the sand as it's pushing its way forward. Again, like some sort of octopus through the silt at the bottom of a river. Hmm. Weird. See, once again, I'm reminded of the dead hand when the other hands pop up and grab you. I'm just, ugh. Well, I mean, this isn't a deco. A, isn't it a decopus? Is the ten tentacled version? Be a, that yeah, it'd be a decapod. Yeah. I don't think it's that. I think those are still aquatic. Uh, so, Hollis, I'm pretty sure a 29 would hit you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that definitely hits me. That's On every plane. That would have critical me in second edition. Oh, man. Crazy <laughs> low. Good thing we're not playing I'm second edition. I'm a wizard edition. who hasn't cast uh, mage armor. Oh, <laughs> see, I would always cast that. You never know when you're going to be ambushed by tentacle monsters. Yeah. I well, she know. only gets it for nine hours, so... Exactly. Unless you have a meta magic rod of extend or something. Yeah. Regardless, this tentacle slams into you for seven points of damage. Oh. Now okay. the grab. The inevitable follow-up question. It's going to grab me. Does a... Mm. It's actually only a 17 to he- beat your CMD. No! Ha-ha! Yeah. Nice. So it slaps you. It's the sucker's grabbing onto you before you manage to get free, but still cutting with force as you're left with these ring-shaped welts and cuts across you. Nice. The tentacle flails back up as the other ones begin to writhe their way like dancing serpents through the sand. Masika. Well, that's weird. She has no knowledge or kana. She's got no idea what this thing is. Y'all are very nonchalant about tentacles coming out of the ground more so than I would be. <laughs> right? It's a tentacle. It's not my turn yet. I have to wait till my turn to freak out. <laughs> like this is like some uh, what's what's that one director that does all the like non-emotional movie Wes Anderson? That's what it feels like right but now. You're gonna say him night Shyamalan. All right. Uh, no. So Masika is gonna dismount off her camel. Okay. Are you making a ride check to quick dismount? I have rinks and ride. I can try that. Okay. Yeah, I only get a seventeen. All right. So I get off my camel. Okay. And then I'm gonna move. Surprise attack round. Oh, yep, that's it. <laughs> so you, you go to try to quick dismount and kind of get your foot stuck in the stirrup and manage to finally drop down into the ground. And that is the end of your turn, bringing us to Anghat. Narmer. Well, Narmer, if Narmer wants to do something. 
So Narmor will start to fly forward. Uh, where is he flying? He'll move 50 feet forward. Without, without going up? Well, he's just kind of hovering on the ground or over the ground right now. Oh, I guess that's true. They don't know where he is necessarily. Mm-hmm. From Masika, we go to Onghat, who knocks an arrow and lets fly with the bow that he pulled. Uh, with a 21, which strikes one of the tentacles for six points of damage as an arrow streaks and slams into the first tentacle. The shaft quivers in the tentacle, and the tentacle flails about as if trying to strike out an unseen attacker. Which brings us to Citra. So, for this fancy bow that I got, mm-hmm. to activate this wasp swarm, what do I have to do? Because it says one time per day I can cast a wasp swarm, and there's something amusing to me about sticking it, a wasp on a bunch of tentacles. It is an immediate <laughs> action upon a successful hit with the bow. Okay. You gotta hit him. Okay. But you're gonna have to pull the bow, so that'll be your surprise attack round. Yeah, I'm debating whether I should do that or if I should just rush up in there. I wouldn't rush up in here because it's going to grab you. Now, here's a question. Are any of these camels war-trained? I mean... Uh, Honor and Victory, I Honor think, and Victory are. are. Yeah. My summon my, is fine. My pack camel is not, but my normal camel is. Okay. Um, you could try to quick dismount. No, I can't quick dismount. I don't have any ranks and ride. I'd fail it. I think I'm going to try pulling my bow. All right. So Citra pulls her bow from her back, pulls an arrow, knocks it. There's a soft buzzing sound. Round one of combat begins. Sudikantar. Okay, I'm going to take a five-foot step slide to the side to try to block as many of the tentacles from getting over to uh, Hollis. Please don't do that. So intercede myself. Please don't do that. Okay, well, I guess I won't do that then. (laughs) I'm going to hit him with fire. Hollis got plans. I'm going to hit him with fire, friend. Okay, fine. I'm going to go stay where I am then. Uh, Yeah, so switch into pummeling style and just start wailing on the tentacle that I was just hitting in the surprise attack round. All right. Here goes nothing. Okay, 17 on the dice for a 29. A 29 will strike the tentacle as you spin and lash out. Uh, Seven points of damage. Hitting with your fists. Uh... So that is a 17 on the second hit. A 17 will not strike your target. It just bounces off its rubbery hide. All right. One more. Oh, come on. Really? Uh, That is a 6 for an 18, which probably won't hit either. An 18 will not strike your target. All right. Again, it just kind of bobs and weaves back and forth. Do a little uh, tentacle Does it look like my attack was going through it, or like it has like a damage reduction versus bludgeoning? No, it just it seemed like you weren't getting, like, every time you've hidden it, you're just bouncing off of its natural armor. It doesn't seem to have any damage reduction. Okay, cool. Kind of. Cool, I guess. That's I cool. guess Studio will call back. Does anyone know what this is? <laughs> oh, tentacles. Yeah, I mean, Citra could have rolled on her turn whenever she was pulling her bow. I rolled a 16 for 26. Masika helpfully yells, tentacles, they're tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, with a 26, one, you managed to identify this. Two, you'll hey. even get a question. Ooh. Hey. This, well, at the very least, the little bit of this that you can see is a creature commonly referred to as a sand kraken. Uh-oh. <laughs> the sand kraken are dangerous creatures encountered only in remote wastelands. The sand kraken keeps its body well concealed, buried deep in sand or loose rock, and inaccessible to most attacks. The creature never moves from the place where it digs its first burrow. And once it settles in, we'll never see the light of day again. Weird. Whoa. 
The only parts of a sand kraken that are usually seen are its tentacles, and by then it's often too late. Sand krakens are omnivores, but prefer meat to any other food. Once it captures and kills its prey, it pulls the carcass down into its sandy lair and devour it with its great central maw. For this reason, a number of scholars speculate that a biological relationship exists between sand krakens and dust diggers. For most of its life, a sand kraken remains dormant and silent, buried several feet below the surface of the ground. When it senses its prey, its tentacles swiftly rise to the surface. A sand kraken uses its initial attacks to immobilize its prey by constriction. Each tentacle uh, has, its, has a, its own secondary brain and can attack independently. While tentacles can be harmed and severed, the only true way to kill a sand kraken is to dig it up and destroy its body. You have one question that you may ask pertaining towards the sand kraken. How do we get it to come up? We've got to dig it up, literally? I think if we sever all of its tentacles and run away, since it never emerges... I would say that your question probably is going to cover its tentacles extraordinary ability. Yeah. Okay. So the only part of a sand kraken that is normally exposed is its tentacles. For combat purposes, the creature's tentacles are treated as separate weapons. A single tentacle uh, has its own armor class as well as hit points, and once a tentacle takes enough hit point damage, it is destroyed. A sand kraken can no longer use the destroyed tentacle to make attacks. However, the loss of a tentacle causes the creature no other penalties. Uh, damage dealt to a tentacle does not count as uh, against the creature's own total hit points, and a lost tentacle will regrow in 1d4 days. Hmm. So yeah, mm. we just sever all of its tentacles and... Yeah, or you could feasibly then attempt to dig it up. You could also use some form of magic. Like if you had Move Earth magic. or something. It's a sand kraken! Hmm. What? What's a kraken? A big old octopus. What's an octopus? It's like this, but wet. Zuni <laughs> just looks very confused as he continues punching this thing because clearly y'all are going crazy. <laughs> I, don't, so, I mean, it's just trying to eat. Let's just sever its tentacles and run away. Well, well, we may have to come back through here. Yeah. Hollis. Hey, Hollis has a turn. That's fun. Can I know more about it? Let's see if I know more about it. Yeah, you can make a roll. Uh, 35. Uh, yep, you know everything that Citra knows. You may also ask two additional questions. Does it have any special defenses? Uh, other than the difficulty of reaching its central body? Sure. No. Okay, cool. So it's not resistant to anything, which is nice. Does it have any special attacks? I'm assuming the grappling thing. Uh, it does have grab. It can also constrict. Oh, okay. Sweet. Hollis is going to take a five foot diagonally backward away from this thing and go, yep, that's a sand kraken. Didn't want to meet one of them. And then cast fireball on as many of the tentacles as she can possibly hit. Sweet. Um, right. I think you can hit like maybe five or six of them. I don't want to hit you, so... Yeah. You can hit five, so you can either hit... You can either hit the five on Hollis's left, or you can hit the two, the one that just attacked Hollis and the one next to that, and then three of the ones that are fighting Sooty. I want to hit the ones fighting Sooty. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. It gets reflex safe. So uh, you will reflex... hit the ones I've affectionately named four through eight. Cool. <laughs> so four through eight can make a reflex save DC 19... All right, so in order, I got a 21, a 20, a 19, an 11, and a natural one. The 11 and the natural one fail, the rest pass. Okay. That was a bad roll. Oh. Yeah, a lot of ones here. 
Alice chants in tones, extends her hand, a small bead of orange light streaks from her fingertips, shoots past 17. Sudi, detonates in a deafening explosion. That's the worst fireball I've ever rolled. I'm going to chalk it up to you were nervous about how close it was to Sudi. Mm. I rolled like a bunch of ones. So good news, bad news. Uh, that does burn across the ground, scorching the earth. The tentacles writhe. Two of them split and splatter the ground in red blood and chunks of burnt flesh before they just kind of retreat back as best they can beneath the sand. The other three still attacking Sudi hold on. Okay. Hollis flexes her fingertips. Dang it. You seem to be a little out of practice. It's all that library time. Hmm. From there, we go to the sand kraken. Oh, boy. They're going to get it. us. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get grabbed. So three <laughs> tentacles go after Hollis. Five tentacles go after the enlarged Sudi. All right. Let's take care of Hollis first, shall we? You're probably going to hit her. I'm rolling poorly, but I maybe still will. Uh, 16, 18, 19. Yep. Okay. I didn't cast mage armor, did I? Uh-oh. <laughs> Not great. Uh, the first tentacle does seven, the second tentacle does seven, the third tentacle does eight points of damage. Uh, the first one attempts to grapple with an 18. No. The second one attempts to grapple with a 21. Yep. The third one also grabs hold, I imagine, with a 29. Dang it, I'm double grabbed, y'all. And I hurt. Uh, both of those inflict an additional seven points of damage as one wraps onto your leg and begins to wrench and pull. Ow. The other one sneaks up under your arm and kind of grabs onto your arm and your shoulder and begins to wrench as they start to try to wishbone you in two different directions. Yikes. Uh-oh. Sudi, on the other hand. Here we go. Here, just let me know when I roll decent. Okay. So, 22? No. 25? Yes. 26? Yes. 26. Yes. Uh, natural one. No. So that's still three hits as three of the tentacles yep. grab hold. Uh, seven points of damage from the first one, six from the second, nine from the third. So 22 total points of damage. Yep. Ow. All right, there went like a quarter of my hit points. Uh, 20 to beat your CMD. Nope. God, 17 to beat your CMD. Nope. Jesus. Uh, and a 20 to beat your CMD. I am rolling no. abysmally Sudi for these strong, grapple checks. Like Earth. So, Sudi, you turn, grab onto these, just, you know, flex your bicep to, like, pop them off of you since you're so much larger right now, kicking them back and away from you. Like a Ha-ha. cat with a string toy. <laughs> Taking us from there, Masika of the Bakken. I'm going to pull my wand of burning hands out of my pocket of my haversack. Okay. And then so have a sack, I, so that'd just be a move action. Yep. So I need to get into a place that I could hit the most of them. Try to hit turn. the three that are on Hollis because yeah, she's cause grabbed. Yeah, because I hurt. I'm so rush forward also. next to yeah. Hollis. Mm. All right. So you pull a wand, rush your way forward, charging up alongside Hollis. And Narmer is gonna fly over one of the tentacles that was spurned and drop a glob of acid on it. And he's gonna use one of the charges on the wand that's inserted in him to do 2d6. Okay, so he burns through a charge, spits a glob of acid. He rolls a 15, which gets him a 23. 23 will strike your target. He does nine points of acid damage. 
the cynical writhes and splits and splatters out blood as this rains down on top of it. It's already severe burns exacerbated by the acid burns before it just sinks back beneath the earth. Sudi, there's the soft smell of cactus lilies. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why does it have to smell actually not bad? What's up with that? I've been eating cactus lilies. Oh, what? it's Narmer's acid. Okay, I thought Narmer. this thing just smelled like that. I was going to be like, this is weird. I find it makes the battles more pleasant. <laughs> Narmer will worry about the aromatherapy after this is done. Oh, we want to start practicing. We can do that too with the rocks. Uh, from Sudi and Narmer are just going to have their little zen spa every night. We're gonna, okay, we're going to put I'm gonna together make a, a meditation rock garden. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're making a rock garden. From there we go to Unhocked. Yeah, he's going to dismount too. Uh, you know what? He'll try a ride check to quick dismount. Can he? Nope. So he dismounts his move action, tosses his bow off to the side, and will move forward around between Masika and Hollis to try to draw its attention, uh, using a move action to pull out his uh, Kukri and Kopesh as he closes. That classic ranger fighting style. Yeah, every ranger does that. It's almost stereotypical at this point. <laughs> it's almost like Sagira is here, except for masculine and short. Uh, Sagira is <laughs> pretty short. But well, I, I <laughs> even was shorter. to say, I'm pretty sure that describes Sagira too. That's true. Not masculine. She's she's a lady. She was swole. She was Cassandra from uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Just uh, by four. Yeah. So just short, short and broad. How's that? She definitely wasn't broad. True. <laughs> Yep, Adhok closes, moving forward, spinning his blades. Citra Nahamra. I have the urge to get up in there, but I've already got my bow out. Yeah, I just need to get up in there because it, it would just be better. So I'm going to drop my bow. Let's see if I can quick dismount. Okay. The bow buzzes sadly. <laughs> as uh, I actually Aww. roll a nat 20 to dismount. Nice. I it's wish awesome. that had been my attack. So uh, you toss the bow off to the side. You slide down with grace and ease, uh, trying to ignore the one non-war train camel, which I think is tied to the saddle of the war train camel in front of yes. it, freaking out. Or <laughs> to form up alongside Hollis as you guys have formed a defensive line. Yeah. I don't want to be in this line. <laughs> uh, well, then you can retreat after this. I can't. I'm grabbed. <laughs> we'll uh, get you free. Hold on. Yeah, okay. and you can draw your blades as you close on it. Yes, I will do that. Very well. So Citra dismounts, see. rushes forward, pulls out both of its, uh, both of her kukris, spinning her blades as she closes. Y'all look real threatening, but it can't see y'all. <laughs> I'm not trying to impress it. I thought you were trying to draw fire. I was trying to demoralize it. <laughs> uh, Sudi Kantar. Uh, okay, so I, there are two of them facing off against me that have already been burned, correct? Correct. All right, I'm going to target the first one that's closest to uh, the rest of the party there. Number six. All right. And full out. And sorry, full out. Floria blows. All right. All right. That is a 26. <laughs> 26 will hit your target. Okie dokie. For seven points of damage. You reach forward, grab onto this kick into it before wrenching back as you wrench off the top six feet of this tentacle and toss it off to the side. Hit the other. It continues to wiggle back and forth as it flies through the air. Hit the tentacle with the tentacle. I'm not going to beat the tentacle with its own tentacle. (laughs) And and then say, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. You should, that'd be funny. I could have done that, but that is just too easy. Sekiro would have done it. 
So you probably would have done it. Okay, so I roll a three on the second attack as I'm kind of moving clockwise this time uh, right. for a 15, which probably isn't going to cut it. That unfortunately will not as you spin back around on uh, tentacle number eight. All right, third. I roll another three for a 10, so um, <laughs> yeah, we're done here. Didn't you just say you were flurry of blowing? Yeah, that was three attacks. But don't you get three attacks anyway? No, I only get two attacks. Oh, right okay. <laughs> Yay for us being right. Uh, from Sudi, as he spins around fighting off these assorted tentacles, we go to Hollis Starkweather. You're grappled. I've had this spell just in case I could do nothing but talk, which is a case where I'm double grappled. <laughs> Can I, like, shout directly, like, kind of down? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it wouldn't affect it because it has full cover. Shout at the tentacles. I'm trying to shout at the tentacle, like, at, like, because there's those three right in front of me, and I would like to shout at both of the ones grappling me. Unfortunately, it's going to be one of the, it's going to be one of the corners of your square is going to be the source. So if you shot straight down, it would still just go down because you are not included in the oh. radius of your spell. So well, it can be one of your di- one of the two diagonal or one right in front of you, not any of the Yeah, ones. you can hit one, but because it goes out one square and then it goes out by three. Unfortunately, while you're grappled, there's no way to do that. That's really all that I have. So I'm going to, I guess, shout at whichever, like, one of the ones that's grappling me. I don't know. Maybe just the one in the center there. So it's the one that's hardest for your companions to reach. And this is a fourth level, so the DC is 20. It's got a decent chance. Unfortunately, only getting a 19. Yay, fortunately. Which will not succeed. Now that's a much better roll. <laughs> Hollis is much more effective when grappled. Get off me, she yells. <laughs> Magically enhanced. Uh, chicken yep. head pops out of a satchel and pecks at it. This is fighting. <laughs> uh, 23 and then... Um, 23 damage or... Damage, yeah. So yeah, you let out a scream. I can't remember. Is this the one that does a silent scream or is it actual sound? I think it's actual sound. I think An it's a- ear-splitting yell. Okay. She's pulling a Siri right now. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, you you turn your head and scream, get off me, as the thing vibrates before exploding into fist-sized chunks of meat oh. in every direction. <laughs> I figure your sister probably does do a little... <laughs> That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> It smells very strongly of fish. As a move action, I'd like to throw my satchel, but I don't think I can remove it and throw it as a move action. So I will just open the flap and be like, fly, sugar. And then sugar will fly to a camel that looks like it's not running away. I'll come back for you. I promise I won't leave you unless, of course, you die. And then she flies off. (laughs) (laughs) It's been an honor and a pleasure. I'm just clucking. We're just clucking. (laughs) Goodness. I'll never forget you. Then she flies away. (laughs) And lands on a camel. One of the ones not near the crazy one. Also, I'm not entirely positive how to get back out of this desert. Oh, wait, no, I probably have knowledge geography. She does. Bardic knowledge, in fact. So she flutters over, lands on the camel. She even uses her own ranks. So if I die, my ranks don't matter. From there, we go to the sand kraken. (laughs) Oh, I don't like it. Time to get kraken. Nobody over there's done any damage except me. Hey, I killed one of them. You're not near the two. Oh. Narmer yeah. did some damage. Well, yeah, not near the no, not no, not Narmer and I are taking on five of them right now. Good job. All right, so first off, uh, that's a 30 to maintain a grapple on Hollis. Obviously, Wowzers. yes. Hollis didn't switch places with Sagira. That, that would have been amazing. Yeah. It didn't happen. 
unfortunately, no. Uh, it snakes up around your central torso before crushing, dealing 11 points of damage Ooh. as you feel this grinding oh, of your hip against your leg. I hurt. I don't know if Hollis has ever taken this much damage in a fight. <laughs> uh, I haven't been this low in a fight, I don't think, ever, yeah. Yikes. Uh, the other tentacle, there's a lot of movement around it. Uh, you know what? I'll just bounce a die. Let's see what happens. Masika. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Tentacle lashes around at you with a 27. Oh, yeah, that'll hit me. Wowzers. Oh. This thing hits hard. It doesn't grapple as hard as it could. Uh, striking Masika for seven points of damage. So maybe it won't grapple her. Does a 29 succeed? Nope, just kidding. Against your CMD. <laughs> of course it does. Sorry. Just I, kidding. I, I lulled the party into a false sense of security by rolling below 10 nonstop for two rounds. <laughs> Wowzers. It. Hollis is pretty effed, I think. <laughs> uh, I imagine that succeeds against Hollis. Oh. Or against, uh, sorry, I imagine that yeah. succeeds against Masika. Uh-huh. Uh, crushing Masika for 11 points of damage as it grabs on and begins to grind your bones together. Narver! <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I'm not entirely positive what I'll do, but I'll do something. Spit acid on it. Yeah. <laughs> I could just keep spitting, yeah. Uh, the other three tentacles. Sudi is just such an appealing target. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a big scary boy. <laughs> look at look at all the meat on me. He just stomps up and down. <laughs> I did go big specifically to try to make myself a more appetizing target. So, like a cat turning sideways and puffing up. It attacks with an 18. No. Nice. 23. On the nose. Mm. And a natural one. I've been rolling a lot no. of natural ones for this thing. Good. Uh, still that still to hit with the tentacle for nine points of damage. Owie. Uh, that one I'm going to be a little on the fence with. That's a 22 for your C- against your CMD. Not even close. Oh, there you go. I'm a monk. Those... I got I got mad bonuses, man. Hey, even enlarged, actually, you're getting the size bonus to your CMD. Yeah. So uh, it attempts to grab onto you, but you continue to just kind of kick it off. It can't seem to get its tentacle, just this length of tentacle around the trunk of your leg. From there, we go to Masika. Can I use my wand while I'm being grappled? Yeah, technically. There's nothing stopping you from it. Okay, then I want to blast this, please, Kate. Yeah, it's something that only takes one hand to use, so... Will I be able to hit the other one that's in front of Citra still, or...? Uh, yeah, it's a 15-foot cone, so you'd be able to strike both uh, Tentacle Numero 1 and Numero 3. It's only a level 1 caster, so, I mean, I think the save... I don't even know what the save DC would be. Uh, it'd be an 11. Okay, well, it can make a saving throw. It's a 14 and a 19. Okay, well, it, I roll a 4, so it takes 2 points of damage. Okay, so a, a soft sheet of fire goes raking across these two. Hollis is like, what the is that? It's all I have! Did <laughs> <laughs> you prepare spells today? Not ones that are going to be effective right now. <laughs> I was I like, why are you not calling lightning from the sky, woman? <laughs> I had to listen to you and Nama do Pratt plat- Falls for half an hour this morning. <laughs> Oh, she didn't find the routine funny. <laughs> she might if she weren't dying. <laughs> Narmer's going to fly over and use a charge and spit a glob of powered-up acid on the one that has Masika. Oh, the one that has Masika? Yes. Free the healer. Heal me. I'm dying. I'm coming, Masika. Narmer rolls a perfect 20. 
Yeah. Nice. 20 will automatically hit. Threat, roll to confirm. He rolls a 17 for a 26 to confirm. The 26 will confirm his critical hit. He does 14 points of acid damage. Nice. Incinerating the thing as it bubbles and pops before dying. From Thanks, Normer. Yeah, no problem. Save Hollis looks next. kind of in a bad way. Okay. <laughs> and then only Sugar and I survived. We're not dead. Oh, yeah. No one else is hurting, even. <laughs> <laughs> Narmer just likes to be dramatic, y'all. From there, we go to Anhawk, who will take a five-foot step, spin, and swing. Lashing out with the Kopesh, uh, rolling a 17 for a 26, which will hit his target. Nice. Yay. Oh, uh, dealing five points of damage. Oh. Bringing around his Kukri. Uh, rolling a 7 for a 16, so that's not going to do it. Bringing back around his Kopesh with a 19, which will sadly not hit his target. Bringing back around his Kukri with a 21, which will strike his target. Hey. Yay. There we are, dealing 7 points of damage. Unfortunately, it's still moving, but... Sorry, I'm, um, I'm trained to kill humans. No <laughs> offense, Citra. <laughs> I'm not taken. <laughs> I'm the only one here. Where's the stomach on this thing? <laughs> I mean, it does have a separate brain. Each one does. So Somewhere far away, Sagira just kind of stops like, I feel like someone is taking my seat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Human killing ranger, you say? To be fair, his other favorite enemy is animal, so that doesn't really apply in this situation either. From Unhocked, we go to hey, Citra. Uh, okay. Citra is going to swing down at this and hopefully get friggin' rid of it. Yay. All right. But she can't roll for crap. <laughs> Be so much more effective if the party rolled better. I know. I rolled a six for a 19. Mm. A 19 will not hit your target. Which means an 11 won't either. Oh. I'm afraid not. I was rolling like 17s and 19s and I'm making perception <laughs> checks and crap. And the moment I got to actually swing down at something, suddenly I can't do anything. Yeah. From Citro, we go to Sudikantar. All right. I'm going to use a point out of my key pool and then flurry of blows because I need to guarantee that this thing gets off of Hollis. Because Hollis is looking a little rough. Okay, so Sudi's going to shuffle over five feet and I'm going to unload on this thing. All right, so Sudi, you slide to the side, lash out at the tentacle. Uh, I roll a five for a 17. Will not strike your target. Uh, 13 for a 25. A 25 will hit your target, though. hey Uh, for 10 points of damage. There you go. So Sudi reaches out, grabs onto this, kicks one of his cat feet forward as he kicks straight through the tentacle. I imagine oh releases God. and kind of turns it back. Hollis is still there, like, struggling with the tentacle like someone with an anaconda as it's just thrashing back and forth <laughs> separate from the body now. <laughs> but he finally managed to throw it off of you. All right, I will then turn towards the six o'clock position and attack the next one that's like in the clockwise rotation here. All right, so you spin back around towards number eight. Uh, that is a 14 for a 21. 21 will strike your target. Okay. Uh, that is 10 points of damage. Sudi karate chops through another tentacle. This one already weakened and split from the fire damage from the fireball a minute before. All right, and then uh, next one. Actually, I'll go back to the first one that I started hitting on because that one's actually been damaged. All right, so all the way back uh, around to number 10. Yep, with my key strike. 
Come on now. All right. Uh, 13 for a 25. A 25 will strike your target. I was really hoping so. Uh, for another 10 points of damage. Yeah. Wrenching it from the ground and ripping it off as you toss it to the side. Sudi just surrounded by splayed dying tentacles. Sudi's gotten gotten peeved. <laughs> Hollis Starkweather. Hollis looks over at the last tentacle and goes, mm, magic missile. <laughs> yes! <laughs> A quintet of missile streaks from your fingertips. She's just like, I'm so done. Swerving unerringly through the dancing legs of Sudi. 17 damage. Shredding it to pieces before nice. it falls hey. still. What's left of it retreats back underground, and for All a right. moment, everything falls silent. Let's grab the magic thingy and get out of here. Yeah, be careful, because it's still alive under there. Let's heal me, because I used to have ribs. We should I get think. out of this general area, and then I will patch everyone up. All right, Sudi will march over and grab the... Uh, Stick. The, s- the wild mace rod. of something, something, something. It's a rod. The rod of the Urias. Yes, the rod of the Urias. And then we will march out of this bone dust-covered area. Uh, We should probably march through, because isn't this direction we were going? Oh, yeah, we'll we'll march through. Uh, If no one stops them, Onhawk's going to take a couple seconds out to... I don't know if anyone has anything to write with. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Uh, Basically, to make a small, like, scrolling crossbone sign out of a camel... And put a little sign under that says, like, warning sand kraken and just stick it there. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Well, because you know these, uh, as far as Citra is concerned, especially if you know, she shared this with the with the group, which I imagine she did. Yeah. You know the things don't leave where they're at. No. Mm. It's yep. just going to so stay just under there <laughs> forever. We could rope off the area with Sudi's a thousand feet of rope. It's true. <laughs> I don't have that much rope. <laughs> All right, so when we're far enough away that I'm not going to accidentally heal the Kraken, I will channel and everybody gets 21 hit points back. Cool, I'm still at half health. You just channel there in front of the ground, you just hear a, Thank you. Hollis is at 34 out of 67. Ooh, Hollis got low. Wow, dude, how close were you to death? I was at 13. I was pretty oh, sure I was about to die. Like one more round would have done you in. Maybe. Maybe. With only one grappling, you know, I think their maximum damage is 11. All right. Okay, because that 11 hurt. With my enhanced cures, you get uh, 19 back from a cure moderate wounds. Yay. I'm I'm down 10 exactly. I'm also down 10 exactly. Interesting coincidence. Hmm. Oh, wait, no, I'm down more than 10 because math is hard for me. I'm down uh, 14. (laughs) We were going to be down by 10, buddy. Sorry, I... Well, I roll. I do cure light wounds, and you get, uh, you get fourteen back because of my enhanced cure. So hey, that's perfect. Um, Hollis thanks you, but then she cuddles Sugar, and they cluck at each other for the next like twenty minutes as they ride. <laughs> I was so worried you were going to leave me all alone out here in the desert. I was scared I was about to be eaten by a sand kraken. A sand kraken. I know, some sort of fish food. I'll never look at a fish tank the same again. Me either. We're gonna have we're gonna have some calamari when we get back to Nick's. You know, we should just take one of these tentacles here. We could have it for dinner. Oh, we should. I uh, grab a tentacle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it over the back. Why are what you are you doing? That? I think we can maybe eat this. You really, really? want to eat it? Uh, I mean, it is. It looks like it would taste very chewy. It does sound like very fair chewy. Play. It's a whole thing. 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll cook it for you. You'll like it. You'll see. It's basically okay. like chewy chicken. You can't understand me. Also, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> it tastes like chewy chicken. <laughs> How do you know what that tastes like, sugar? I do have almost max ranks profession cook, so. <laughs> Narmer. Mm-hmm. Why are you eating flowers? Because I thought it'd make for a more pleasant battle. It did. Shooty seems to have appreciated it. Uh, all right. I also appreciated the acid flowing out of your mouth. That's in true. The direction of the enemies. I still feel like maybe I missed my calling with the salt. Like that was the, that was the course my ancestors took. Well, maybe I, I should be really following their footsteps. Your ancestors were built for that. You were built for something else. Ooh, what if I add salt to my acid so it's even more painful when I spit in their eyes? <laughs> you could just throw <laughs> salt at them like Pasha. I could just, I could also just, I could literally land on them and rub salt in their wounds. <laughs> I don't think you should get that close. That's pretty oh, that's trickstery, true. though. That seems on brand. Ooh, he could get brass, like, thin knuckles made out of salt. That's uh, true. Actually, that'd be pretty cool. Little salt rocks. Oh, Shishra raises a valid point that uh, I am a, a very complex machine held together by, by all this machinery, so I don't want to be too badly damaged. I can fix that's, you. That's true. Not that I can't fix myself, actually. I have little things inside of me that are constantly just fixing me. Huh. Do, do you? Like, yeah, see, so it has regeneration. He does, in have, fact. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, regen- I regenerate Narmer all regen- damage. Okay. Why has he not been doing all of our scouting for us? Narmer has regeneration, <laughs> has damage reduction, immunity to petrification, which Flies. is the bane of this party. I feel like I he was the perfect. he's the perfect soldier in our war against unknown enemies. It's true. <laughs> He only does we one hit point around, it. but it's still better than nothing. Yeah, I very slowly heal. Yep. I'll show I'm thinking about it. Don't forget to wind me. It, it's not time yet. Well. You're that time that you had me wind you, and then you had Zosera wind you, and you got overwound, and you were, like, hyper for two weeks. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, it was bad. And then, like, leans over to Sudi. I also got three strangers to do it. And then kind of keeps going. <laughs> they, they seem like the trustworthy type, which is why I trust in the kid. That's the only thing that keeps me alive. Anyway. <laughs> Not a good idea. Sudi is very confused by Narmer and his it, his desire to be overwound. <laughs> it's basically the squirrel from the end of Over the Hedge. Anyway. <laughs> that's what Worst happens that when you overwind oh, well. Narmer. I suppose then the party sets off. You make your way, you travel for the remainder of the day. You cross across the desert and blasted sands as they whip back and forth across. Hollis contemplating how close she came to death, looking forward to feeling like she's truly alive by eating the thing that just tried to kill her. Some calamari's having it on dinner tonight. Yep. Sudi, honestly MVP in that last fight, having taken mm-hmm. out like five of the tentacles himself. Just... I was going to say, Zitra didn't get a single hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sudi yeah. was useful by using his body as a shield and the fact that I'm not sure if they could have actually grappled me. I have a 32, uh, so a 33 whenever I'm uh, big. I'd have to roll, uh, well, 33, I would have to roll 19. So ah, yeah, so it's it within the pretty, realms of possibility, but it's pretty yeah, far out there. Yeah, but pretty rare chance that you'd be able to pull it off, so that was, One that was helpful. Masika following along behind on her camels, probably trying to calm her or pack camel. Oasis. Is that Sandy or Oasis? Oasis. Sandy, yeah. Sandy, so when I ride Oasis is the pack camel. Yeah. 
I'm sure the whole time she was freaking out, Sandy was like, it's fine. What, what's yeah. the problem? <laughs> you know? They're not even coming after us. Calm down. You always overreact like this. <laughs> the internal and rich dialogue of these sweet, sweet camels. <laughs> Honor's over there. It's just like, ah, I would have killed it if it came anywhere near me. Victory's like, yes, yes. I would have spit in its eye. But you, I spit. I spit in your general direction. Wow. <laughs> Eventually, the sun begins to reach the far horizon. However, that's not the thing that draws your attention the most, as you're actually riding into the sunset as you make your way further and further west. What draws your attention, however, is a, I believe the proper term for this would be a kettle of vultures circling in the distance over a far dune, so maybe quarter of a mile away. Ooh, that's not good. Something dead. Should we go investigate? Might be dying. Sometimes they just wait. Probably best if we check it out. You make your way forward across the sand dunes, dropping in and out of shadow. As you cross the sand dune, you drop down into the valley between them. You drop completely out of the light of the sun before rising back up into the sunlight over and over. The scene painted in brilliant shades of red and gold as you make your way closer. The wind whistles and sends up small eddies of sand as you begin to approach closer. And with each time you crest a rise, you can see the vultures clearer. Whatever they're circling is in the valley between two sand dunes further ahead. And as you begin to approach closer and closer, you can just smell this stench of blood and this coying smell of rot. And as you crest over the top of the rise, you stare down at the splayed body of a titanic form of a desert giant. Oh Uh-oh. no! What? And Masika, as you look down, as all of you look down, you think you recognize him. Oh, no. Oh, no. <gasps> it's not Hassan, is it? And we'll pick it up here next time. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all didn't see that coming. I honestly no, thought I was it was coming, but I was hoping you was going to be the same. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.